live from BetQL. A minute 43 to go. It's 14-3. The Giants over the Panthers. I need no more points scored in this game. Well, the first half, I mean. Under 19 They're trying to help you, man. This is one of the sloppier uh, preseason games I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, I don't know, though, because Gerard Taylor trying to slide there. What are you doing to my man who's... Has anybody honestly had a rougher time than Terod Taylor, who he lost a starting job because the training staff tried to murder him one time? Oh, they're about to score. God, they're in field goal range, too. (sighs) Yeah, you're screwed up, dude. Uh, At least the Giants are scoring. Hey, you know know what? Here, dude. I'll make up for your bet. Which, let me see which one of these I can give you. <laughs> you can give me, give me one of your tickets, please. I'm pretty sure the commanders and are going to win. You could have this Thank one. you. I'll take that then. They're no, yeah, uh, marching into the Giants to score. Let's go, though. Uh, Giants money line, Luke. Can you feel it? And there you go. Can you feel the electricity? And that would be it. There goes We're going to turn this around. We're going to bet some UFC tomorrow night. Fight at my house. Anybody in the DMV area, you're not invited except for you guys. You guys could come. That works. That you works. You've got to bring your own beer, though. The only thing I well, I think that's fair because I have... had to import mine from Chicago and Milwaukee. I got some uh, spotted cows. You got the good stuff. You always oh, yeah. get the good. They've well, got, you the... got the good. You know what? Actually, you could have whatever you want because you okay. got the good whiskey. Well, so this is true. I'm always down to trade. Yeah, you know, I'm you know, a, I'm a whiskey guy. You're a beer guy. We can swap, and that's the way to go. Big fan of inside trading. Yeah, it... shout out Billy Walters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean Levine, BetQL Network, six ten Sports in Kansas City jumps on with us, and uh, I need. I, I don't. I don't want to talk about what just happened, Sean, in this game, my friend, because I had the under nineteen and a half in the first half, and you know, well, here we are at this point. Let, let Let's start with Let's start with the main event tomorrow night. Now, I know you and I have done many shows together. We've talked plenty, and I know that you are a UFC connoisseur, if you will. So I'm just going to lean on you here. Sterling versus O'Malley, and that and our headliner right there. How do you see this going, and how can we attack this fight in different ways? So right now at BetMG, by the way, good to see you guys. Oh, uh, right no, now at I BetMG, need him yeah. so bad, though, tonight. Sean hey, O'Malley. Sean. Oh, there you are. There you go. Oh, your, your sound was gone for a second. Yeah. You're back now. Let's We'll, we'll start good? fresh. Yeah, by the way, good. the okay. backdrop is very classy behind you. I love it. You've got a plant going on. You've got some paintings. Like you've, you've, you've done a very good job with that setup there. I've really upgraded my life in the last couple of weeks. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking note of that, bud. Um, so tomorrow night's main event is one that I think a lot of people have been waiting for, even if you're not a big fight fan, because Sean O'Malley is one of, I would say, the top five most popular fighters right now in the entire UFC. And you can get him an underdog money right now at BetMGM. He's about two to one underdog at plus 200. He's fighting this dude, Aljamain Sterling, who all he does is wins fight, win fights and defend his belt. He's done it now three, four separate times, and he just gets disrespected. Now, he's minus 250 right now at BetMGM, so you got to pay for him if you want him. But overall, this is one of those fights where if you're going to try to make some money on it, I think the way to do it is to try to peg a long shot. Maybe take Aljamain Sterling by knockout at 6-1 to one or something like that because typically he's a guy that has a lot of submissions. I wouldn't be all that surprised if this fight goes a few rounds tomorrow. You guys feel it out for a little while, and then eventually Aljamain catches him if it stays on the feet. That's the big thing is Aljamain Sterling would love this fight to go to the ground. Sean O'Malley would love to keep this fight on the feet. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, so Sean, I want to actually stick with this one because, I mean, I'm a big fight fan, but I've been waiting for this. I, I feel like obviously they want Sean, o- Sean O'Malley to be like the next big thing, and I am a big Sean O'Malley fan, but I agree. I played Sterling to win by KO. I just think that that's the best bet. So what happens, let's say that O'Malley loses this fight, then, like, what's next? Because he finally gets his title fight. We've been waiting for this, obviously. Uh, what happens if he does lose this fight? What do you think would be next for him? 
I think the most likely thing, well, it depends, because tomorrow night, Marlon Cheeto Vera fights also, and that's the one loss so far on Sean O'Malley's resume in the yeah. UFC. Cheeto Vera beat him early on in his career, and he fights tonight tomorrow night against Pedro Munoz. So it kind of depends on what happens there, because I think there's a chance that if O'Malley is to lose tomorrow night to Aljo, and if Cheeto Vera is to win, perhaps we could see a rematch there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have Cheeto Vera on my show tomorrow night right here on the BetQL Network. Tap oh, out. There you go. Let's that's go. that's oh, applause there right go. there. Well done, my yeah. friend. Time, we'll catch you tomorrow. Cheeto Vera is going to be joining us, and I'm going to talk to him about that because I want to know what happens if he wins and O'Malley loses. That, to me, Ryan, is a more interesting thing because in that case, Cheeto might have an opportunity to either fight Sean O'Malley again, which is the big money fight, or perhaps fight for the belt. Because in that scenario, Aljamain Sterling would win. Aljo's already announced after this fight that he's moving up a weight class. Yeah. So that would leave the belt vacant. So there's a lot on the line, depending on what happens tomorrow night. And not for nothing, the biggest thing is the reputation of Sean O'Malley. I mean, Sean O'Malley right now is just on this hype train where if he loses tomorrow then the train kind of just heads right off the tracks. At least for a while, he has to rebuild himself. But if he wins, man, that rocket ship goes right to the moon, and you could argue he becomes the most popular fighter in the UFC with a win tomorrow night. Yeah, this is where I feel like I'm 12 years old again because like, I almost <laughs> didn't want to bet Sterling, but I just feel like it's a great bet. and uh, I mean, not a great price, obviously, but I really want to see O'Malley win. So like, as far as this card, man, UFC 92, I'm really excited for it, but there's not really a whole lot of like great betting opportunities I mean, there's some big favorites, like minus 350, minus 500. Where are you finding value as far as uh, betting tomorrow night's card? Yeah, so as you mentioned, lots of heavy favorites. The co-main event, Zhang Wei Li's minus 360 against Amanda Lamosh. I think that she has a shot, the underdog Lamosh, but I'm not willing to lay that minus 360 on Zhang Wei Li. The one that I feel best about, and it's not just because he joins us on our show tomorrow night, I think that Marlon Vera is going to knock out Pedro Munoz. The last time that we saw Cheeto Vera in the octagon, it's been several months. And frankly, he looked terrible. It was against Corey Sandhagen. You could argue that Corey won every single round in that fight. And Cheeto knows that. And Cheeto's holding that very hard against himself, where I think he comes out tomorrow untypical of himself, which is to say, usually he's a bit of a slow starter. I think he comes out on fire. I wouldn't be surprised. Cheeto Vera, first or second round knockout, and you can get some great odds on that. If you just have him by knockout right now at BetMGM, you can get him at plus 470. If you can get the knockout and the round, that'll pay you like 10 to 1. Cheeto Vera all night tomorrow night. Talking to Sean Levine, BetMGM tonight. We can't have you on and not talk football, though. I mean, you are in Kansas City. You're Chiefs. I. They're pretty good. Yeah, the the Chiefs are a good team. I don't. I I I think they they've won a few Super They're Bowls. Right. You know, you've They're got you've got you've got it pretty good. I'll be honest. Covering a team like that is great. They're six and a half point favorites to open up the regular season against the Lions on Thursday Night Football. I literally just saw a promo for it right now here during this uh, Giants Panthers preseason game. There's a lot of people, including myself, that like the Lions plus six and a half. We just we know how Kansas City's been over the year, last couple of years against the spread. And it's going to be the big celebration, the, you know, remembering that, you know, you know how this is the opening night when a champion goes out and the banners and the, the, the rings or the whatever the, whatever the whole ceremony is. Are you at all worried that this game is maybe at least, I'm not even saying Lions win, but maybe just a little bit closer, just almost with a, like a mini Super Bowl hangover to start off the season? 
Could be, and you're right. Like last year, as good as the Chiefs were, really the last couple of years, they're not great against the line. And oftentimes they get burned like in the last minute, you know, because they're they're usually heavy favorites. You mentioned that six and a half. I wonder what it's going to be by the time that game actually kicks off, right? Which way the public bets it? Does it go up to seven? Does it find its way maybe down to six? Obviously, that's a huge difference. I'm not really buying into the Lions' love for the season. I know right now they're the favorite to win the NFC North, and I think that's just kind of process of elimination. You look at the other teams and you're like, no, I don't believe in that quarterback. I don't believe in that coach. That team's too young. So we just kind of come up with the Lions, much the same way that we do the Saints, right, in the NFC South. It's like, no, I don't really like this team. I don't like that team. But I do think overall in that game that you're talking about, the Chiefs are going to come out this year trying to do what Golden State did I'm trying to think of which championship it was. The year that they set the wins record, where at mm. some point it's like, what are we still playing for, right? We've won Super Bowls. We've hosted five straight AFC championship games. We've got MVPs. Our quarterback's in every single commercial. What, what are we still doing here? And I think that the motivation, guys, this year is going to be, let's run it back so we can be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Because every great dynasty in all sports, all time, has something in common. They won back-to-back at some point, right? If you think about the Bulls, if you think about the Lakers, if you think about the Patriots, all the great dynasties, the Yankees, at some point, they win back the Cowboys. They win back-to-back championships. So I think that's going to be the motivation this year for the Chiefs. Let's do it again so we can cement ourselves as an all-time great legacy. And I think that starts opening night. I think they put a beatdown on the Lions. Well, actually, though, I mean, when you think about it, the Patriots won in 2015, 2017, and 2019. So, like... It wasn't there weren't back to backs, but it's like a stretch there. So if the Chiefs do win back to back, they can have something that the Patriots during that dynasty never had. Because you had, yeah, twenty fifteen over the Seahawks, twenty seventeen, and then uh yeah, twenty nineteen over the Rams. So Wait, the Brady the Brady Patriots never cause so you tell me the last back to back champion was the Elway Broncos? Yeah. I thought the yep. Patriots did yep. in the No, really? and everybody Dang. thinks that. I I've I've fallen into that trap too. I don't like I've been there. You're like, oh yeah, oh that's right. They never actually did because yeah. they have they have the wow. losses. Although everybody likes to talk about LeBron James's losses in the NBA Finals, but no one ever wants to talk about Tom Brady's. Just saying. But yeah, I, I think that that's something that the Chiefs can have that then the Patriots wouldn't. Where you have that back to back. Look, I, I'm not saying that I, I don't. I'm not sitting here saying the Chiefs are going to have a Super Bowl hangover season, but I am looking at like that beginning of the like just maybe the, just the first game where there's a little bit going on there. But I let me tell you something. The only concern that I really have about the Chiefs right now, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and it's nitpicking, but it is well, Patrick maybe it's Holmes two things. Shot. Well, yes, that would be that would be it. So there's an ESPN.com article out there about like the top contenders' weaknesses or whatever, like their biggest weakness, and they said dependency on on Travis Kelsey too much. And I'm like, well, okay, if that's the worst thing you've got, it's that. I'm a little concerned about just the, the like the just the edge rushers there. You've got a lot of youth and unproven players there. Frank Clark, who I know wasn't a big sack guy towards the end, but like, you know he's he's not there. You lose that veteran. Is there any concern at all about just the Chiefs, whether it's just pass rush or maybe just that position with like the left and right defensive ends? First of all, Frank Clark suck like a straw. That I know, but you had terrible. a veteran there. You know, that's a good line, by the way. I might steal that from you. <laughs> Thank you, man. That's all yours. He was terrible. Now, when the postseason came around, he was great. I think right now he's third all-time in playoff sacks, so he's always yeah. going to be able to hang his head on that. But the truth is he was overpaid, and he really didn't do very much. Defensively, though, and especially that rush that you're talking about, Nick, that to me is the biggest concern. Like, offensively, mm-hmm. people are just trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. When Tyree Kill left for a second, I was thinking, uh-oh, because you did have one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league, 
and the best tight end and the best quarterback. What are they going to look like without the best wide receiver? You know what they look like? The same. They look the same. And they had the number, you know, that they host the AFC Championship game and they won the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes looked like himself. So I'm not worried about the offense, right? They're able to kind of put pieces in place and make it work. Defensively, though, it is going to be interesting because let's say they're bottom third. So far in Patrick Mahomes' career, they've been either kind of middle of the road or they've had a couple of years where they were actually pretty damn good statistically. They had a couple of years where they finished top 10 on that side of the ball. If they're bad defensively, that's the only way maybe that the Chiefs don't win the division and look like they had the last couple of years. Like, if they're going out there, because they could still win games where they give up 30 points. I saw a game a few years ago where they, the, the Chiefs, what was it? They, 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 it was a 53 to 50 in a game against the Rams. This is like four or five years ago now. Yeah, so, that was, the, was that the Mexico City game? That was the Mexico yeah, City exactly. game. Wore the think, mustard wasn't it? and ketchup colors. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's that right. was the greatest exactly. regular season game maybe in history of National Football League. Yeah, they can score. I'm not worried about them scoring defensively. I do have my questions, so we'll see. But I'm not overly concerned. I would empty the piggy bank that this team wins a division again. Uh, Sean, we got about 60 seconds only, but who does scare you more, Denver or would it be my Chargers? They're only my Chargers because oh, I bet it, it's, 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 it's your Chargers, dude. Denver doesn't worry me at all. I, I think that Denver is at best a 500 football team. The Raiders are probably going to have a top five draft pick. Chargers are somewhat scary, though. Not scary. They're somewhat scary. If they do, like, if they live up to the talent, like, on paper, that should be the best team in football. But they got a doofus call. I mean, well, (laughs) they did. I mean, now I actually kind of like Kellen Moore. That's what would scare me if I was you is, like, Justin Herbert, rocket arm, for whatever reason, Joe Lombardi wouldn't let him throw the ball 20 yards down the field. Kellen Moore is going to let him do that. How many times we said that, though? How many times right. we looked at the Chargers gone, that's the most talented roster on paper. Uh, then they finish since, in third place. Since Drew Brees and Phillip River, like, yeah, Sean Merriman was there. LT was there. Yeah, it's been a while. Vincent Jackson was there. It's it's This has been going on for a while. Quentin Jammer. What was that the Bush administration? It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. You just said a bunch of names that I haven't heard in forever. Like Quentin Sean Jammer. Merriman, Quentin Jammer. Oh, Lights Out? Jeez. Oh, yeah, Lights Out was... Yeah. We should have him on the show. Friend who, of show. Who was the who was the porn star? Wasn't there a porn star? Tia Carrera. Yeah, yeah. He hit oh, yeah. it. I don't yeah, know if I'm allowed to say that, but he did. I think you could say it. Yeah, whatever. I think you're probably it's, good. It's Friday night at 835. <laughs> it's, it's fine. A, it's a gambling show. It's totally you know? fine. Yeah, yeah, this is not, listen, this isn't a kid-friendly show. This yeah. is for adults. We know how that is. Yeah. Sean Levine, good talking to you, buddy, as always. Thanks, Sean. Always fun. Go Sterling. It must be nice to just cover a team like the Chiefs and just talk about how great they are. And and that, yeah. that's, I, I don't know if you ever got this when you were in Milwaukee, but I guess you had the Packers who were good and the Bucks who were good, so maybe it wasn't even a thing. But, like, there's always this narrative that, you know, the local, you know, local shows and whether it's sports talk or reporters or anybody, and it's the, like the diehard fans get so upset. They're like, you guys just want the drama. Yeah. You, you want to have this. Yeah. No, you know what's actually better? Covering Winning. a team that wins. Yeah. It's good for ratings. It's good for views and clicks and, and engagement and fans care and it's interesting. And I can tell you this, it's a lot more fun to talk about a winning team than a dysfunctional team. 